0: We all need to laugh. We choose truth
1: over facts.
0: And now for a perpetual political protest in progress.
2: Judge my physical mental film, my physical as well as my mental film, fitness.
0: Coffee time. And you're on with the conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. I'm your host, Jason Floyd, joined once again today by Loretta Eaton and Nicole Darwin, also known as Nicole Huckabee, her maiden name. And uh, you're on with the Hour of Power, sponsored by Ammo Can Coffee here in Soldotna, Alaska. Ammo Can Coffee is a social club for conservative thought and culture and fellowship so today we're going to start off things with something really serious so we we cracked open the uh the book of rules last week and um this was written by local resident uh his name is joshua belter and we're going to dive right into the very serious issue of halitosis (laughs) so uh, Board of Rules Rule 6 6, notifying individuals with bad breath. <laughs> is, Hal- that a, is that a hint for us? So we, once it, again. That's are,
1: not a hint for us, right? I
2: mean, come on. We, we, just, we just got here and sat down. No, I, I don't
0: know. All I can smell is coffee. That's
2: about the only use for the mask right there. So yeah. stop or breath.
0: So halitosis is defined as a noticeable breath odor. While exhaling, bad breath usually originates from the mouth itself. Eating pungent foods such as garlic and onions increases the frequency and intensity of halitosis. Bad breath is typically most persistent in the morning due to the inactivity of the mouth at night. Smoking and alcohol also contribute to bad breath. Proper hygiene such as regular brushing and gargling with mouthwash will reduce or eliminate the condition. Another method of reducing breath odor is the cleansing of the tongue, the most common location of bacteria in the mouth. A, it is a civic responsibility to politely inform individuals with breath odor. Informing individuals with bad breath should be accomplished discreetly, ensuring the conversation is not overheard. Brief, polite statements should be used to inform those with bad breath. So, phraseology example. You might want to brush your teeth.
2: Or your breath will be louder than your voice.
0: So, Border Rules 6-6 states, In lieu of notifying the individual of halitosis, the offering of a breath mint or gum subsequently satisfi- satisfies rule 6-6A. So, um, C, and it continues. Oh,
1: no. In uh, lieu. How, how much, you know, <laughs> he must have really book. studied. He must have really studied this. Uh, or yeah, he sat next to somebody that this is sort of a subtle, you know, well, hint you, afterwards. you know, I
0: spoke with Mr. Belter, and he said he, he, he traveled the world wide. Mm. Um, talking to everybody he could to find out about all these unwritten rules and yeah. he spent many many years compiling data and um in this handy little blue manual uh, so in lieu of notifying an individual of halitosis the offering of a breath mint or gum adequately satisfies the board of rules 6-6 a and d after an individual is notified of bad breath the noxious offender shall immediately excuse himself to remedy the oral situation by brushing, gargling, or other means. So, um, okay. En-
1: enough of that. Enough of that. Let's <laughs> get let's get on to real good stuff.
2: Come on, come on. Technically, <laughs> it, it ends up being a geopolitical issue after uh, the author states that he traveled the world to discuss it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And uh, was he properly masked when he was doing that? Uh-huh. So a couple of headlines today from the Alaska Watchman. 15,900 Alaska federal employees must get COVID-19 or must get the COVID jab or wear masks and take tests. Representative Young contradicts CDC in telling Alaskans to vax so they can ditch masks. Despite funding transgender surgery on minors, Alaska backs Arkansas attempt to ban it. Makes complete sense. Breaking 2021 Permanent Fund Profit is $18.6 billion. It's time to pay Alaskans. Uh, And this one, Growing Movement Enlists Alaska Parents to Defend Kids from Harmful Ideologies in Schools. And with that, we will launch today. uh, We are joined by Nicole uh, Darwin, who is a local parent and uh, recent participant in... Uh, school board meetings and has become an outspoken advocate for all things kids and all things parents if you hear kids in the background hers are uh, joyfully playing uh, over at our game center so we are in an active coffee house and if you hear some noise in the background that's what you're hearing so tell us a little bit about yourself Nicole
2: well I have a unique perspective on the issues facing our children, both mentally, psychologically, emotionally, a cultural issue there. That's not just kind of related to curricula, um, but is literally a war for our minds of our children and our children's future, our future, and and and, and it's abusing and circumventing their ability to grow in a healthy way, to I, to be able to even develop their own identities in their own self and what they stand for and believe in i mean they're not even basically being allowed to even grow into this through natural growth of social emotional development stages of the ages uh early childhood development all the way up through high school and um, middle school being the most vulnerable um, as well as the early childhood development um, I did notice that there happens to be a a bill going through the state level that is um, trying to standardize the curricula of the early childhood development of our state. Um, I'm not sure if it was something addressed for last session or if they're going to revisit again in second session at the state level, but I do believe it's something worth looking into and find it highly concerning that they're now trying to assault at the early childhood development levels. Um, The social emotional learning and student accountability approach they're failed they failed systems here well, be, they,
0: you know they, so so something that we have observed on the show before is that it seems like there is an outright attack or assault on culture and culture can be a lot of things culture can be uh, the nation in which you were born and and uh, the customs and practices and observances of that nation it could be uh, the religious community that you belong to um, it could be uh, you know the the physical community you belong to let's say you, uh, you grew up in Moose Pass and um, your whole world is Moose Pass and that's what you know and seeing life through that lens gives you a particularly unique perspective that Folks in Anchorage aren't going to understand. Folks in, uh, you know, uh, Homer aren't going to necessarily get it. So, uh, you know, we've been speaking about school um, intrusion into family life and into what we consider to be culture, things that we hold sacred and dear. And um, I'm reminded of a recent town hall meeting the last couple of months that Representative Ron Gillum had where a, a uh, representative of the teachers union came and spoke about this bill they were trying to pass that would have uh, instituted pre-K learning that would start as early as pre-birth. So they're talking about reaching into the womb and uh, impacting a child's education. Talk about invasive. Yeah. So. Talk
1: about arrogant. Yeah. I mean, think about that. You know, that this is a person that thinks that they actually should have influence pre-birth. That, that 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 there's so much arrogance in that attitude that you don't even know how to deal with people like that.
0: Yeah. So
2: you walk past those people. You talk through those people to the ones that are going to defend and help us.
0: So. You challenged me the other day, Nicole, and you, you said, how many uh, school board meetings have you been to? And so, you know, I'm a pretty busy guy, and um, that shouldn't be an excuse, but I also don't send my children to you Kenai know, Peninsula Borough Schools.
2: But you are a part of the public participation, regardless, um, even if you're not a parent in the school district. And quite frankly, the, the parents that are maybe they've been a little bit disenfranchised, they've lost some identity and, and they're not they can handle this and quite frankly it, there's a way cheaper approaches to real education than what they're taking on right now the, and the it's basically just an irresponsible fiscal type issue there with funding um, it, it, educating your children in a correct and proper core curricula focused healthy way is not a hundred million dollar project for the next two to three years. I mean, it doesn't need to be that high. You know, and I and and they're gonna, you know, spew building this or building that. But what good are the buildings if none of the children's actually show up because the parents realize what they're doing to them?
0: Well one of the reasons that uh, we we ask members of the Can Coffee Social Club to come and participate in these conversations on the conservative hour of power is because perspectives vary as broadly as the stars and um, you know the media would like to pigeonhole conservatism into one very narrow definition and uh, if I've learned anything in the last you know decade uh, of being politically active is that the idea of conservatism while it does have some core tenets is actually pretty broad and it pulls a lot of people into the table that um, may hold different positions, and, um, yeah, we've got a squeaky mic here. So, (laughs) ladies, when you move the mic, we're sharing a mic. Go ahead and lift lift up up a little bit when you move it, and then that way we won't have a bunch of squeak on on the the podcast. But don't you think... Where's the WD Yeah, (laughs) But
1: I I look at that as uh, the diversity within this conservative movement, I look at that as a bonus because it shows you that... Conservatives, those of us who are conservatives, we really don't care. I don't
2: care.
0: So, Loretta, have you been to one of these uh, school board meetings or what, recently? What is it
2: exactly you don't care about again? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that.
1: What other people's points of view are? Yes, no, not recently. I used to go at first when my daughter was little, and I was so discouraged... And so unhappy—that's what caused me to homeschool. So I'm angling, and I stopped.
0: So I'm angling to a point. Yeah, I, I um, get that. I get that. You know, um, Nicole, y- you talked about your recent activism, and I know that you're part of a growing group of community members that are very concerned about the direction and the attitude that the, those on the school board have taken. Not all members on the school board, but at this time, it seems a majority of members. Oh, so mm, when you've that's spoken, too. when when you've spoken at the school board um meetings how have you and others been received when you've become critical of policies and actions that they're that that are coming before the board for their consideration what what has the response been and this is i've had conversations with nicole prior to the podcast so this is kind of a setup question (laughs) because she has some information (laughs) to share with us
2: well let's just say um last year i watched i watched live Um, the application and interview process that they went through when they hired from within the assistant superintendent into the superintendent position. And quite frankly, and quite non-transparent, they thrust upon us a new superintendent, Mr. Holland, from the Homer City district or area of the borough, what have you, since we're all the same district district when it comes to the school board. And um, <clears throat> the IT and the video editing and the burying of the videos that make it difficult for the public to even find it's quite abhorrent, quite quite frankly, what was barely a transparency thing and partially just people's apathy and not participating has, has basically become um, intentionally, untransparent. They've turned it into theater at this point.
0: So, when we spoke before, you mentioned a gentleman who was maybe treated unreasonably. Who spoke, and and that that uh, you felt that there was some some maybe some out of line conduct by the president of the the school board. Can you tell us a little bit more about that that well, that event? What happened? What you observed?
2: I have. I have been blessed to be pre-prepared a survivor of the passive aggressive abusive cycle that uh basically all of us are in currently and and the the main reason why people are starting to notice right now is because it's transitioning from that psychological I'm going to destroy you from within and take away your identity make you feel like you have power until you basically are defeated enough to just stop stop trying and um uh, that's the the most dangerous part of that is is them the passive salesman type, who decides to tell you that you have control over the situation, while uh, sliding in a slight like oh my gosh you're doing the dishes for once you know you know they're subtle um, attacks on your self confidence and your ability to step up and and do something good well or right and that they somehow are somehow better than you it's it's very it knocks you into a well that you didn't know could be so deep eventually and it does end up with a foot on the head there at the end and 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 it's just
0: so so it sounds like it sounds like you've had some personal experiences how how does that translate over to what you've observed in the in the chamber
2: um if you choose to go to media.kpbsd and watch some of these videos. I personally have gone back into May of 2020, at least that far back, um, if not more. I mean, there's archives there. But you you can see the difference between what was there and what's there now. And um, one of the videos I watched where they're introducing another new person into the district of our of the Kenai Soldana area, in the in the admi- either administrative board or what they call the principals as the or the leadership of, in each of the schools, and uh, Mr. Ilk pointed out, you, you know, also from Homer, and I watched as the um, the president of the board basically aggressively psychologically shut him down and reprimanded him on camera, mind you, on camera for the public to view about. that's enough of that um uh, you know we, we we you know type of like he mr ilk i mean gold star doubled gold trophy here standing up and and trying to maintain transparency of of something he he obviously finds alarming um, I personally found it alarming because it was preceded by legislative. We lost 80 certified school teachers through um, a re- an, an incentivized retirement program. How how beneficial is that going to be to those people as Biden destroys our currency and our dollar value? I mean, how how much of a retirement are they going to have after all? So they got pushed out of the education system and something else is coming in and it's not coming from Alaska.
0: So I, I think I think, you know, um, as, as we talk about public participation, uh, we often hear from political or elected uh, officials, you know, well, nobody ever comes to our meetings, so how can you expect anything different to come from this? How can you expect anything, anything uh, that you want to actually be represented? But then, on the flip side, when the public actually does get involved, and they do step up and they're like, hey, you know, uh, we don't really approve of the direction that you're going, then they get treated like this. And so, you know, for my own story, it wasn't the school board I got tired of dealing with, it was the school administration. You know, uh, the principals given these little fiefdoms that they have almost complete control over. And then trying to get some straight answers out of them concerning curricular questions, and being basically run around a, blo- a rock, uh, you know, with yeah. circular sort of yeah. arguments, and then going to the then to the head shed to the the, the district office and asking to see uh, somebody somebody who is. You know, in charge of curriculum to get some clarification, but, but and Jason, then they blow you off for yeah, two but, months.
1: Yeah, but Jason, that's just part and parcel of it. Twenty years ago, I had a friend that was a lawyer, and she was taking care of her her niece living with her. And she, this is a lawyer; she'd gone to the school to talk about things like sounds like you were trying to do. And I remember her telling me later, she says, "You know, I never understood a word they said. It's it's it." is what they want. They want their. They've got whatever it is they want to do. And they they make formulas. They make decisions to shut us out. This is not new. I went to school. My daughter's 30 years old. I went to school board meetings when she was four. This is 26 years ago. And I remember I walked out because they were all yelling at each other. The superintendent was yelling at the people in the, the you know, The people in the audience, the people in the audience were yelling, the superintendent. So maybe just now, you know, I'm actually laughing because it just sounds like they're they're a little bit more sophisticated. Rather than yelling, they're using sarcasm.
2: Well, the things that you guys are speaking to or addressing, that's the passive part of the abuse cycle there. Where the salesman wants you to feel like you have some sort of control as they give you none at all and take away more and more. And so when you put the two together, quite frankly, the passive side is way more damaging, way but more damaging. Let's
0: let's clarify, though, that once you do get the COVID vaccine, you won't have to wear a mask again. <laughs> right. Sure. Like, why, sure. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, right.
1: So then, but what is the solution? I mean, it's really nice to sit. And I think as conservatives, we've tended to, a psychologist told me this years ago it's easy to intellectualize and there's actually a name for it where you sit and you talk on this very high level about all the wonderful stuff but you really don't want to like you know chop the onion that's why we don't
0: campaign. ever bring any experts on the show
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we just have public opinions <laughs> yeah but you know i just uh, it's interesting to hear all about this and because uh, i have not participated at all
2: in the school district so nicole you're Hi. So, we entered this district um, out of the Muldoon Creekside Elementary School—Creekside uh, oh, Park Elementary School, I apologize—and um, they're an award-winning Title I school. And I watched as the collaborative, innovative teachers. Mind you, there are four separate classrooms for each grade level in that, cl- in that area. It is a melting pot of ethnicity, and I was a minority. In that environment, they eliminated bullying, you not through your policy.
0: Al- you with your olive skin, you were a minority. Right? Yeah, right. I'm so free. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> right. I'm so, so stark
2: white. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like death pale. Give me some sun. Anyways, so um, well, my point is, I've seen how it can be done properly. I've seen how bullying can re- be resolved by allowing the children from above to mentor the children from below. And this creates... You didn't,
0: you didn't have a team yeah. of social workers there no, to take God care no. of everybody's emotions? No, it was four teachers
2: for the third and fourth... Oh, no. My children came into this system in the third and fourth grade. This was this was first and second grade of their school education. Now, my son was making leaps and bounds and improvements in spite of our toxic environment background history. He, 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 he had his joy of learning stolen from him at a very early age due to just the abuse issues but they were restoring that they were they were and we came out here and he was bullied for three years before to he even the, made a friend the, out here being out in the kiski area the
0: keen peninsula yes, north star elementary school. school district yeah okay
2: oh yeah north star elementary school so basically um he moved from a no bully zone of a of a melting pot of ethnicity backgrounds and, and older children mentoring younger children, and he, in that school, he ran around the school hugging people because everyone was his friend. He got out here and was ostracized for trying to hug students. Um, and bu- he literally was bullied, like team bullied. Like he couldn't keep the story straight, but all the bullies could keep the straight. So he got punished for lying, even though he's telling the truth, because the bullies, you know, went against him together. So are our school
1: districts? sorry squeaks hey look I, I i'm not used to like sounds yeah. i'm not allowed to so so paper. I, i'm the, gonna take a
0: real yeah. quick moment you're gonna say something about our school districts yeah. but i want to tell folks that you can support us on patreon mm-hmm. and that money goes to help us buy equipment that does not squeak
1: <laughs> good good <laughs> anyway, idea go ahead contribute well you know it confuses me because we're such a small state you know there's 750,000 people in the state it, you know, confuses me that we've got this award-winning school in Anchorage, and yet the people on the Kenai Peninsula are don't want to take advantage of that model that they've got there. I mean, is stupidity, ignorance, uh, well, arrogance,
0: I, 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 whatever? I, I don't know that it's necessary that people don't want to. I think that we've been told been told for so long that we don't have the right to, or the funds, or the funds. You know that that uh, you know. Uh, you hear about models where where cities and jurisdictions have gone entirely to charter schools, and and you know these charter schools are are designed in very unique special ways that uh, cater to different learning styles and different uh, cultures and backgrounds, and or or they're like immersion schools that. That no, not only cater to a culture, but promote a culture so that you can send your child, if they want to, to, yeah, to, to the, the school. Yeah. I, I don't know how they Shool. say it. The Schule. Shool. You know, the Schule. There's a, there's a German immersion there's, school uh, in, in Anchorage. Uh, there's a Japanese immersion program in Anchorage. But, you know, there's, there's all of these, yeah, the these Japan, opportunities. But the, cool. but the problem is is access limited access and and you know it seems like every presidential debate year we hear about school choice and there's this huge pushback from the teachers unions to stop parents from having choice and i think that's what this this conversation really boils down to the policymakers are content to sit on their their thrones and look down at at the populace and say well you know you guys never participate so if you don't like something, that's your own stupid fault. But then when the public actually shows up to participate, they turn around and start becoming like the domestically violent abuser yes. that isolates, humiliates, um, emotionally traumatizes, you know, degrades and and this is this is an emerging dynamic in our culture and
1: it's not only school districts. It's concerning. Districts. I don't. I don't think. I. Well, I. I've, I've, I've heard down. about the Kenai City Council um, meetings where something similar happens. You know, like if you've got one of the members that tends not to agree with the other members, they 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 do very childish things. You know, they um, look at their phone. They you know pretend disinterest in in any agenda or information that's put forward so it's I, you, uh, you know Nicole's right it, it's it's across the board you're right too Jason it's maybe the elites we've got a class of people that think they should rule us and then we've got us
0: well and, and, we and, and, and st- they're becoming more overtly aggressive about it and you know you don't have to look you don't have to look very hard in in u.s. history
2: no, i have a to really see, local view to on see that, like,
0: other thing. other periods of time yeah. where we actually had politicians doing things like caning each other in the well of i think it was the house you know uh going out on the back lawn and dueling it out with pistols or yeah. you know um Hey, and, hey, and, and hey, I, that,
1: I'm for that. Joe Biden, pistols. Pistols of well, dawn, Joe nah, Biden. Joe, Ooh, is that going to get Joe, the FBI to Joe come would, after me? Joe would do you know, push-ups in the
0: let's, parking let's, lot. Yeah, Joe, go, Joe would know, do push-ups I, in the I parking lot. I have
2: no objection to any of these caning of any. <laughs> All right, so I got a question here. I, and I could be wrong in regards to the actual fin- financial thing. of um, But from what I was looking at, it seemed like we may have spent $2 million on our summer programs in one month this summer and uh when the board was doing their you know public relation propaganda campaign to make us look like we are good when we're not um they had uh, they mentioned only 200 students participating i'm curious is is that the number of alumni families in the district because i I have entered this district as an at-risk household okay i didn't get a letter i didn't get an email i didn't get a phone call my child is in our IEP program now in a correct title one award-winning approach that doesn't prove out here I've noticed that their IEP program is a push through a literacy program
0: well what you don't know is the history of this district
2: this, well I this came district, in, in 2016 well this, well, this so.
0: district previously <laughs> this was shocking this district got funding for accessibility for for handicapped folks uh, for students this and, is a criminal and, part and, of the bureaucracy. And, and, and public public members. And they directed some of those funds to purchasing backboards.
2: Which backboards, is needed. There are some kids that need backboards
0: stuff. Backboards yeah, for, for... No, no, no. Listen. Basketball backboards. Oh, good Lord. How is... Fancy basketball backboards because we know...
2: I know we do have a k- children in wheelchairs we know, that can we know, play We basketball. know that children
0: with spina bifida are big basketball players. <laughs> you know they may want to be but the reality is is that it was a misappropriation of funds and if i'm not mistaken i can I'll, I'll correct this in a future show if somebody tells me different there was a lawsuit to correct that but this this district has has a history of misappropriating funds yeah. and misdirecting funds and not being altruistic in their allocation of resources
1: well, it, it, skyview skyview anybody you know i mean all the money that went into building that and it's it's now closed
0: well and and and, and i'm not
1: i understand that you cannot predict you cannot predict um, future happenings but that's the history well, well of, let's
0: talk let's talk about that for a minute future happenings let's define future happenings well, was, so many people became disenfranchised and disenchanted with this school yeah. district that hey, yes, there was a population shift
1: a little bit We, we had a yeah. downturn
0: yeah. in in the oil industry and a, and a lot of folks moved out. And so, that is so, cyclical though. so that was that was that was that is, one that, just yes. one piece. Yeah. The other piece was that so many people got sick and tired and, yeah. of an unresponsive yeah. administration and school board that they said, you know what?
1: Yeah, forget it. Yeah. I'm
0: pulling my kids out. I'm going to bite the bullet, I'm going to do what it takes, and I'm going to homeschool my children. And you know what the district's response to that was? Mm. They created connections. Connections was a clever way to recapture those dollars that migrated away into homeschool programs because people were tired of the indoctrination. They were tired of not being listened to. They were tired of of these activist administrators saying, you know, what could yeah. or could not be done in their buildings. When I was, when I was a student and I, you know, I graduated from Nikiski high school, that high school out there was the center of all community events.
1: Not anymore. I have something to speak
2: to connection. Not, not anymore. And so, anymore. so,
0: you know, um, go ahead, Nicole, Nik- so, connections.
2: So for the connections thing, my daughter was frustrated with quite frankly, Nikiski, school district the school that that part of our district is literally abandoned she she noticed it all her friends are exiting and moving into the Kenai schools because it's so bad in Nikiski and the board member that represents Nikiski where the heck are you for our kids Anyway, who is that? You know, I cannot remember his name. It's one of those Tananigan ter- Ranagan something or other.
0: Torianin. Yeah,
2: guy. Yeah. So, so
0: Jason Torianin. I mean, i mean, I come I, on. Spoke, I spoke with Jason Torianin actually at the Wednesday market. Uh, he and his wife came out, and I saw him. I used to go to church with Jason Torianin. So Jason, when you listen to the podcast, okay, Nicole Darwin would really like to hear from you.
2: Or take your spot, maybe. Or,
0: or or step up in a way that maybe you have I mean,
2: if you're tired of, of all the bureaucratic um, and the sham and the abuse going on, I'll gladly step now, up Now,
0: in. I will I will offer Mr. Einan this opportunity. You know, if we criticize somebody on the show, I want to give them the platform to come back and defend themselves. Or to explain why things are the way they are. One of the things that I found when I went to Juno was that the corruption... The uh, stacked deck that is Juno was way deeper than I ever imagined it would be.
2: It's trickled down for sure into local districts.
0: It's it's not a trickle down. It's an intentionally designed uh, machine that is set up to frustrate, disenfranchise, disempower and it is it's a domestically violent relationship between the government and the populace at this yes. point
2: i'm hearing talk of mandatory vaccines for children even for them to go to school oh
0: that'll never happen yeah that's never have, no. gonna, really uh, passports they just what are t- those they just got those? done
2: telling us they weren't going to mask our children at the last school board meeting oh unless oh but we'll still have masks available in um in case the unvaccinated would like to wear them well uh, the unvaccinated aren't spreading anything far as i as far as i'm hearing i have a a natural immunity ma'am before before well (laughs) natural
0: natural immunity doesn't doesn't work yeah right you know if you've had the covid our viral um, environment isn't three-dimensional either right your body's self-defense mechanism that is the the um you know (laughs) <laughs> you oh, know, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't, it, work. it doesn't work. The know, only thing that we uh, can we can rely on is a synthetic uh, drug that and, has. And
1: now it's, it's going to oh, be every six thing. months and you wait, it's going to be a monthly. It's going to be monthly, monthly, monthly. Well, we had this monthly, we had monthly, this conversation monthly. in
0: a previous episode mm-hmm. where we talked about, you know, let's just have a mind experiment about a pharmaceutical CEO that comes up with this idea. is like, what if yeah. there were a disease out there yeah. that we could create a vaccine for? Mm-hmm. But the real trick is that the vaccine only works so long that it wears off, and you have to continually do, do boosters. Yeah. And because this is a man-made disease that will continually evolve and and well, uh and 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 pervade through our our populace we have now turned all of our people into cash cows that must come back and get their dose every six months in order to maintain some kind of semblance of health well and for not, the rest it, of it, their it, lives well
2: vaccine dependency
1: yeah it's called uh, antibody uh, dependent enhancement that's it's right. ade and this was predicted. Twelve months ago, and this is what I read just today. This is what they think is happening with some of these people that are getting the breakthrough cases, and they're actually sicker than some of the unvaccinated that aren't. Do
2: you know how many vaccinated are, are on the schedule now? You know, sorry,
1: but you know, this is uh, this I. Uh, this is one thing I cannot laugh at because I have dear friends that have been vaccinated. I heard today that they're sick. And I actually, they're, they're, I don't know if they're covering it up, but I actually think they have COVID and they both, you know, been vaccinated and they thought it was gonna save things and if it I I just don't know what to say well
0: I want to be respectful of of Loretta's time here we we got a little bit of a late start and she has a daughter who is going to be waiting for her at the (laughs) airport airport. it is uh, 5 after 12 and um, what we're gonna go ahead and do is read another real quick uh, board of rules rule and uh, then we'll go ahead and conclude with Nicole uh, you are on the Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon sponsored by Ammo Can Coffee uh, here in the heart of Soldatna. Ammo Can Coffee is a social club. And we're going to go ahead and read Board of Rules number 11-8, Mobile Phone Etiquette. Individuals operating mobile phones in public shall maintain situational awareness. Mobile phone users should be receptive to the conversation and body language of others while engaging in cell phone conversations. The public operation of mobile phones shall be conducted in a professional and courteous manner. The following list of mobile phone procedures is mandated whenever a mobile phone is operated in public. A, live conversation takes Precedence over cell phone conversation. B. An apologetic statement shall be spoken before live conversation is interrupted to engage in cell phone conversations. Phraseology example. Excuse me, I've got a call. <laughs> C. Mobile phone conversation shall be adrup- abruptly terminated whenever any situation develops that may require the complete attention of the cell phone user. D. Mobile phones may not be utilized whenever conversation may hinder driving. Seaboard of Rules <laughs> 2-4. Boy,
2: we sure have abandoned that etiquette, haven't we?
0: Yeah. E. Subjects inappropriate for face-to-face public conversation are also inappropriate while using a mobile phone in public. If anybody's ever been uh, witness to one of those one-sided conversations where um, everybody feels sort of awkward, except for the person on the phone usually yes, sure. usually speaking at a volume so that every, purposely so that everybody can hear their side of the conversation and finally f making direct eye contact with another individual is prohibited while operating a hands-free phone except as prescribed in board of rules 2-1 you know remember when bluetooth first came out and you see these people walking down the street you wouldn't Talking see their themselves. yeah you wouldn't see their little <laughs> ear thing and 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 for, I don't know, two years, it was just disturbed me. I thought, man, there's a rise in mental health disorders in this community.
2: You know the, the benefit I, I see out of that? Uh, let's say I want to have a loud conversation on my phone, but I'm, um, um, because I'm a conservative and I want my voice heard, but I don't want to be combative with anybody. Just get on my phone and start saying all the things I'm thinking about, yeah?
0: Hey, that would be great during election season. It just everybody gets <laughs> on their phones and has very loud political conversations in public spaces.
2: <laughs> Even just day-to-day walks through the store, man. Do you believe this? You know, if you don't want to be confrontational, that's a good, you know. Honestly, I still think you need to step up and have that difficult conversations because we've lost the ability to debate um, issues. Uh, and I... I it, that's i mean how can we collaborate and unify without so being able to let's do that so let's talk about
0: where we go from here so what would your recommendation be in regards to <clears throat> the current state of our school district and what people need to do to make a change happen
2: well the thing that i would like to have addressed quite frankly most first and foremost number one i'm not i'm not afraid of the counselors and psychologists and and the mental health industry coming in accosting my children through social services or anything like that, right? I'm too empowered for that, um, with my experiences, you know. And um, but the social emotional learning that they're launching upon our children and deviating away from actual core curricula, and it's it's damaging. It's a failing system. Um, the last time I went to the board, they had a lady call in to speak to that social emotional learning and uh, based off what something I said from my very first speaking at a board meeting ever in my entire life so and and addressing this issue Um, and uh, she was basically PR for the fact that our children really need emotional support right now and we had a suicide in our district well you know where that suicide was the suicide was in Akiski and it was not one but two at least the one I know of they never even told in the public about the two They didn't tell them about the second one. Why? Because they just entered into our community. They'd only been here a few weeks before that child killed themselves in the middle school. Okay, middle high, out in Nkiski. That happened not after COVID, before COVID. And that program that's supposed to help their mental health has been in place out here. The counselors, the psychiatrists, all these people that got thrust in the system from Deed or whatever else that I can't recall the uh you know letter organization of that was already in place since 2014 and this was a payback program the district has to pay back for what we threw it for what they threw in there into the schools to abuse our children's at the mental health and identity level of growth
0: so so what can people do
2: go to the board meetings you know the parents you know what over a hundred million dollars of funding to repair and address school issue for buildings or code violations, whatever doesn't even that doesn't matter if if your parents are pissed and none of the, and none of them let them come back to school. You're going to be running an empty school. Well, you and, know, and, for, and that, that's one thing you can do. Yeah. And the other thing is, it's the other parents that they want to they want to um, they think they can't teach their children. Um, they can it's it's not difficult i sit on the floor and play with your kids you'll see they learn rapidly especially if they're in early childhood development they're little sponges so um the children that are getting thrust in the district because parents don't feel like they can do it because that was an intentional passive aggressive abusive tactic used against them for generations mind you um they um if you don't have kids in the school if you're exiting the school show up to the board meetings anyways you're still part of public participation and i honestly think it's your god-given responsibility to step up to for the orphan children that are being thrust into these districts
0: so so let's let's talk about that really quick there was a lot to unpack there one of the things you said was orphan children so when you say orphan children what does that definition mean
2: well you know i come from a christian background uh, i'm you know, born and, you know, I'm, um, you know, saved, Jesus Christ, believer, non-denominational, by the way, denominations are divisive and we were supposed to be unified. But the thing is, um, Christ calls us to care for our widows and orphans. And the culture attack that's happened to us has created widows through domestic violence and created orphans by thrusting them into a school district and their parents, parents abandoning the, the chore and responsibility of raising them up in the Lord.
0: Okay. So so, what I'm hearing you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that sitting on the ground with your kids after they come home from school and actually engaging in a discussion or educational play with them, recapping what they've learned and being an active participant in their education is something in the, your call to action for parents to do? Is that... Is that- That's
2: one of them. Um, let me give you an example. Uh, so my... My son, when he was in, when he was two, in early childhood development, very excellent daycare in Anchorage, by the way, ABC Northern Lights. Um, they, um, they were calling me daily and daily. He keeps hurting other children. He's running around the room, knocking all the toys everywhere. He's this, he's that, he's this, he's, he's two, right? And I went, you know what? He's not this bad, right? So, you know, I'm tired of the phone calls. I'm, and so what I did was. I went in to that daycare, and I sat in his classroom in the morning for about an hour and a half or so. Both the teachers in that room were waiting to exit. They would already put in their notices to quit. The toys and learning in the room w- was non-existent. And when I was walking from the entrance of the building to that classroom that he was in, I walked past another room at the ABC Northern Lights School um, of Early Education in Anchorage. The... Um, the rainbow room and I noticed this teacher's room was full of things to explore um, she was doing things correctly she was engaging the children properly she had everything available with her she wasn't sitting at a table having a conversation with her fellow co-worker about how she couldn't wait to get out of this line of work while ignoring not engaging with the children at all you know two-year-olds become quite violent and hard to deal with and just really disruptive when they're bored and they're not being engaged and they're not learning anything i mean they want to learn they're sponges and so that kind of thing right there like sit and observe the classroom maybe it's not your child maybe it's their environment or the teachers and and not all teachers no mind you like i said there was one good teacher and i told that person you know what take him out of that room put him in this other room and he'll be a whole nother child And the next month, my child was a star of the month (laughs) as the most improved child out of the daycare. And I never got those phone calls again.
0: So the bottom line here is time, talent, treasure. People are going to have to decide what's important. And if it's your kids, you may have to spend some more time. You may have to offer your own talent. Become that classroom aide, or uh, or become a homeschool mom or dad, uh, and treasure. You got to put your money where your mouth is. One of the things that uh, I have advocated for people who are disenfranchised or disenchanted or think that the school isn't listening to them is that you know as they become more emboldened to have this top-down perspective of you know we are the leadership you are just sort of the um mandated participants in our system and you really don't have choice is to remind people that no you do have choice now it comes with a cost and a lot of bureaucracies only respond when they are threatened with budget cuts they only respond when they're threatened with position um with, this, with, with 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 uh, with position vacancy or or the the elimination of positions, they only respond when it hits them in the wallet, and co- if anything, COVID has shown us all that homeschool is not as scary as many of us thought, and with this second wave of COVID, sort of propaganda and uh, paranoia about the delta variant and how it's going to destroy our lives and once again we must all be afraid and hide in the basement um you know it's coming and the school district has already showed that it is willing to uh, follow the national narrative lock our children up or keep them out or mask them or do things uh, that are promoted not based out of necessarily science but out of policy decisions by union representatives and folks. And so if you want something to change, you either have to go to the classroom, engage your kids in follow-up conversations about what they're learning so you know exactly what's happening in that classroom, or you got to decide that the classroom that the government provides is no longer sufficient to the educational needs and, and goals of your family. and. Fortunately, there are a broad number of educational resources and programs that you can plug into. Many of us have already seen those during the last year of COVID, and um, it's opened the eyes. So uh, this has been the conservative hour of power in Enlightenment Salon. And, uh, Nicole, you had one more comment.
2: Um, Lies only stand when we allow them to stand, and going to the school board meetings are of utmost importance and we need to support the board members that are being courageous and holding this line against the the abusive tactics that are coming out of local, federal, state and administrative, bureaucratic the bureaucracy of federal free funding you must comply before we give you money a type of of an abusive uh, setup and system and that's quite frankly also criminal so step up Walk into your board meetings and and find out, you know, if you're awake to the issue, God's made you awake for a reason.
0: So I want to thank you, Nicole, for coming in today. You spent uh, over an hour here hanging out with us and uh, gave up some of your time and your talent and uh, your treasure. And uh, we want to use this as an opportunity to encourage other folks to come check out the AmoCan Social Club, uh, intentional conservative community, and... uh, like and share this podcast with everyone you know. Your support on Patreon or here uh, in the coffee shop helps us continue to invest in equipment and programs and things that expand knowledge, build faith, build family, and build friendship. Uh, this has been the AmmoCan Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon, and I thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again next week. Have a good week, everybody.